Go For Side Effects is sponsored by Wild Branch Products. Wild Branch is a truly pure cannabis oil. They make CBD containing 0.00% THC and no carrier oils. Use Wild Branch oils and salves to calm, cool, and soothe your body, leaving you pain-free. I put on the salve. I used the oils. I was able to walk for hours. I believe in this product 100%. Use promo code GWI podcast for 15% off. Use promo code GWI podcast for 15% off. Click the link below. Thank you. So, everybody, Virginia Cruz, she has a book that's out. I'm going to let her talk about that. But she is a soldier slash now sailor, retire, uh, basically re- retired veteran who, who has gotten out and is going for her Ph.D. And she is a combat therapist. And she's a therapist, so... Uh, Today's going to be really cool because I've kind of gotten to listen to a little bit of what you've done before, but let's talk about your book and dig right into this. Oh, thank you so much, Kevin. And thanks, John. Thanks for, thank you guys for having me on. I really love your show and I love how you advocate for Gulf War veterans. Um, Yeah, I'll, I'll start off by reading an introduction and that might give all your listeners a trigger warning also. Yeah, just in case, because that, you know, that never hurts. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and read the introduction to the soldier's guide to PTSD uh, for you. So it starts off like this, dear soldier. So we don't know each other. I only know that you've picked up this book. And for the moment, you're reading it. I appreciate that because talking about PTSD, kind of my thing. After my third deployment, I was definitely not okay. And nobody knew how to help me my chain of command, my doctors, my family, or me. I worked harder to get better and made a lot of mistakes along the way. Eventually, I got my master's degree in mental health counseling and I started teaching troops. I am convinced that when we know the no shit facts about PTSD, we make more informed choices and get better faster. I'm going to write this book directly to you as if you were sitting in my class. Now, my classes can be uncomfortable. PTSD is an unpleasant topic and people don't like to talk about it. I get that, but that's not good for us. Your life is at stake, my friend, and I am not about to fuck around. I intend to be as straightforward as I know how to because I know that PTSD can kill you. We're going to talk about suicide, war crimes, depression, relationships, and a lot more. See, I'm one of those therapists who came to the profession later in life, and I'm not here to waste any time. I'm going to teach you everything that I wish I knew when I was starting my own journey. And while you're not going to like it, probably what you need to hear. I know that PTSD is an ass kicker, and I realize you might not be up to reading a book right now, but maybe you could try this one. I'll keep it short. Another reason I wrote this book is that many service members know they have PTSD, but they don't know what to do about it. Maybe we believe lies like PTSD never goes away. 
we continue to feel hopeless. This book might find its way into the hands of someone who never knew help was there, and it may show them where to find it. One last thing, I swear a bit, and I wanna say that up front because a lot of folks are uncomfortable with coarse language, and that is completely okay. I respect it, and this is not the right book for you. I don't swear because I'm trying to be cool or provocative, and I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or make you feel sad on the inside. Not swearing is inauthentic for me, and because nothing less than your life is at stake, I will not apologize for what I have to say. There's a lot of great guides out there for civilians and clinicians, but this book's for service members. It's from one soldier to another. It's from me to you. Because if someone had given me this book back in 2005, it would have saved me years of bullshit. Yours sincerely, Virginia Cruz. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, one thing about it is I don't put a disclaimer on language. So just let everybody know. I let you say what you want to say. That's what this podcast is about. I want everybody to come on here, feel comfortable, do whatever they got to do. But you are right about one thing. When you go to the VA, all they do is either pump you full of drugs and they listen to you, but they only give you a short amount of time. They don't give you the full amount of time for the counseling, for doctor visits, for anything. And let every one of y'all know, y'all are also talking to three tours in the Gulf right here. So you're not talking to some therapist that just wanted to learn about it. She's experienced it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's the key thing. I mean, uh, and I know, well, I don't know, but I, I do understand it is tougher for a woman to be in the military than it is a man, especially the, back in the 90s, and, and which I understand that. But I want you to go through and... and Talk about what your therapy sessions are about and, uh, and you know, how, how can you, my listeners relate to what you have gone through? You know, thank you. Thank you for saying all that, Kevin. And thank you for acknowledging that being a woman in the military is bullshit a lot of the time. Um, you know, the first time that I sought, you're right, I, I had to learn all of this the hard way. And the first time I ever sought mental health help was in 2008. It was after my third tour in Iraq and I was voluntold to go to mental health. I lived in Germany at the time and I was not doing okay. I was drinking all the time. I was blowing up my perfectly great marriage, good relationships, friendships. I was crying constantly and I was consistently suicidal every single day. I knew something was wrong with me and I didn't know what it was. And back then we didn't really talk about PTSD. You know, it wasn't an acronym that was in my vernacular. Had a lot of other acronyms, but not that one. And so I went to see a military mental health professional, full bird colonel. It's a slick sleeve, which is something that we say in the army for someone who doesn't have a combat patch. So this was a full bird colonel, 06 type army, active duty. And I was so thrilled to be there because I knew something was wrong and I didn't know what it was. And I poured my heart out, Kevin, I poured my heart out for the better part of 50 minutes for that 50 minute hour because I really needed help. And at the end of that time, he eyeballed me and he said, you know, Virginia, I can tell that you are really not doing well. And I would like to help you, 
but I can't if you choose not to be honest with me. I was a little confused by that. So I asked him to clarify and he said, you know, Virginia, we all know women don't serve in combat and there is nothing I can do to help you unless you choose to be honest with me. That's a dick comment. That was a dick move. And um, thank you. Thank you for saying that so bluntly. And uh, yeah, you know, and, and I hate to say it, but this is an experience that many of us have had. It was the equivalent of being kicked while I was down, brother. So let me tell you what, I was already suicidal. I was already not okay. And that was the kick in the teeth that I absolutely did not need. Yeah, here, like, let's pour some more salt in it for you there. Jesus. I'm a salty bitch already, I'm telling you. (laughs) And that was, I was not okay. And you know what, though, John, I got to tell you, this isn't a cool origin story, but it was at that moment that I realized that if I don't figure this shit out, I'm going to die. I'm going to no shit die from this. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I was going to kill myself, that something not okay was about to happen. And so I did the thing that I knew how to best do, and that was go to school. And so I, I went back to grad school and, you know, here I am, what, I don't do math in public, like 14 years later, um, you know, I'm here with you now. And I'm a licensed therapist and I specialize in combat trauma. And I'm really passionate about giving other service members the no shit facts about PTSD. Because unfortunately, so many of us have gone to mental health professionals and been kicked in the teeth or been told our time was up or not really listened to. And that is not okay. And when it comes to PTSD, the rumor mill is just so incredibly rampant. And, um, you know, I spend a, a lot of time in the Soldier's Guide to PTSD and, and in our, uh, our Recover from PTSD series that's available on Amazon. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about what are the rumors about PTSD that are n- absolutely not true, but really fuck with your head. And I, these are rumors not that I've just heard from service members, but these are rumors that I've heard from other licensed clinicians, some of them VA clinicians, some of them private clinicians, who their job is to treat service members like us. And the most prevalent rumor that I've heard is that, uh, you know, PTSD is is really reserved, that it's reserved for, for, uh, for combat troops. And within the military, and and let me even be more Pacific as opposed to being Atlantic, since we've got a Navy guy here, you know, (laughs) within, within uh, the military, you know, not just somebody who's experienced combat, but somebody who's a door knocker, who's a bell ringer, somebody who is a trigger puller, badass mother trucker, who has gone out SEAL Team 6 style and knocked out, get it up and knock down doors. And that somehow PTSD is reserved for those who deserve it. And I'm putting that in air quotes for a reason, because if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, shit, this year, I would have a couple dollars. And that is just fundamentally not how PTSD works. That is, it's just not how it works. So the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, version five, and it's, I, I mentioned that specifically. It's a big purple book or the 5TR, text revision just came out last month. Uh, it's a big purple book that should be on your therapist's shelf. Came out in 2013. 
And I need your listeners to hear that, especially your Gulf War veterans to hear this because it was the definition of trauma was changed significantly after the version five came out in 2013. So if any of your listeners had a diagnosis prior to 2013, it might be time for a do-over. It might be time for another CMP exam because shit has changed for real. And the DSM, it, it defines all mental health disorders. And within that, it talks about PTSD. So P, post, after. T, trauma. So trauma is defined as actual or threatened exposure to death, serious injury, or sexual violence. That is a big umbrella, friends. So P, T, S, stress. That is your body and your brain's very natural reaction to a very unnatural set of circumstances and disorder. A lot of folks take exception to the word disorder. They're like, no, it's no, not a disease. And, and it's the word disorder, it's clinical. It just means that your symptoms are fucking up your walking, talking everyday life. They are affecting you to the point where you can't function as a dad, as a husband, as a worker. Uh, you can't go to the, you know, to the Walmart or the supermarket without starting a fist fight because someone doesn't put their cart back, which I support. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's getting in the way. It's getting in the way of your walking, talking everyday life. So when we talk about trauma, when I say we, I, let me get back to the DSM because we've got a book for this. We've got a manual for this. Actual or threatened exposure to death, serious injury, or sexual violence. That is a huge umbrella. That, uh, that doesn't just cover folks who are trigger pullers. That is covering folks who are on ships that is covering folks with Gulf War illness who came back after getting their vaccinations. They don't know what's happening to them or they're being gaslit by their doctors saying, you know, it's probably all in your head. Maybe not. Um, they're, you know, being trafficked, being raped, being abused. Uh, th this umbrella is so large. And to say well, that, go ahead, John. Let me, let let me ask you this, Virginia. So yeah, as, as, as you know, on September, uh, or not September, my apologies, uh, May 11th of this year, mm -hmm. um, the information, the medical information came out from uh, Southwest Texas University yeah. um, about, about, the, about the sarin gas. And, you know, this is a government uh, sponsored uh, study and why was it that when we all read that those of us that served in the Gulf and already knew it was there why did that piss us off so much more so that I love your question did you Kevin did you plant that question just mm -hmm. for me <laughs> mm -hmm. all right well I'm going to take it I'm going to take that as my softball gift John uh, that's what we call a triggering event. Yeah, that definitely should piss you off. So there is a wonderful researcher. She's out of the University of Oregon. Her name is uh, Jennifer Freyd, F-R-E, Y is in Yankee, D is in Delta. And she does, uh, she studies something called institutional betrayal. Um, really famous. She's probably best known for the Darvo model. So institutional betrayal, she, she really looks at things like um, 
Military Sexual Trauma, MST, so prevalent, it gets its own acronym now. Uh, she looks at rape within the college uh, university systems, uh, and she's most known for DARVO, so that's, um, oh, victim, oh, DARVO, so something reverse, uh, reverse the victim and the, and the accuser. Um, gosh, yeah, it'll come, the acronym will come to me immediately when I don't need it, but DARVO, D-A-R-V-O. Um, so she talks a lot about institutional betrayal and what a kick in the teeth it is when a large institution really is taking that information, you know, and yeah, not a surprise to any of you who were there, not a surprise to any of you who have, uh, you know, who are reading it or who follow it in the news, but what a kick in the teeth. And yeah, it should piss you off. That is a major triggering event. You know, when yeah, I was- what? Not, not oh. to interrupt, but yeah, no, I read it. it. Of course, you've probably uh, read uh, or at least are aware of the book that came out, what, in 97, Gas in the Gulf, and, that I had shared with Kevin. And not that I needed to read that to know, I already knew um, because of the M8 alarms and all this. It's just like, and I was just showing, actually, to be quite honest with you, I was showing my therapist because she was unaware of this information. And she was reading it and was like, huh. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her because she, she wasn't aware of it and and I said, yeah, it didn't make the news. Kevin and I both submitted information because we were like, this came out on the 11th and what better opportunity to put this information to the forefront for Memorial Day. Memorial Day isn't for the living. We all understand that's for the men and women that lost their lives protecting our country, right? But right. this is one of the things that took the lives or partially responsible. Let me phrase it like that because as Wade had stated, the, the, the VA would like this to be somewhat of a blanket. And it's not a blanket, it's only a part of the issues. You know, it is an issue that has been acknowledged, not necessarily by the VA, because at the, in the fine print at the bottom of this study, the, in, 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 the, in the terminology that was used, basically the VA isn't acknowledging yada, yada, yada even though it was the very study was paid for through our government. And, and you read this and it's information we kind of already knew to a degree when I say information that we know, meaning that yes, we know there's WMD and we know where you're exposed to it. Uncle Sam will beat all around the bush and doesn't want to acknowledge that because that costs them money in the long run. Uh, um, so anyway, yeah, it really pissed me off when I read that. Just like when I watch anything on TV and anything related to that part of, uh, of the Gulf and they, they want to bring up WMDs and they say, well, they say, you know, the journalists who I don't necessarily blame the journalists, but I kind of got to because they're the ones that just said they weren't there. And I'm like, whoa, time out. And I'll be sitting there going off the deep end. And my wife's like, John, calm down. I'm like, well, if you're going to throw out information, let's have factual information and not bullshit. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're going to spew stuff, 
let's be the correct stuff and not hypothetical and what's your opinion although i understand that's how new news agency make their living because it's their edited version of what they want you to hear so but anyway i lost my train of thought <laughs> sorry no i love that you're passionate about it you've ever right to be bent john i mean that's absolute bullshit and I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you know, kind of shame on your therapist too. For those of us who, special, who specialize in military mental health issues, you know, I'm required as a licensed professional counselor, I'm required to do continuing education credits to keep my state licensing every year. You know, it is because I serve this community, it is on me to educate myself about military issues like burn pits, um, you know, Camp Lejeune, uh, to know about uh, sarin gas, it's, you know, to know what PTSD is, to know what moral injury is, to be able to talk about suicide. And not just for my, for my knowledge to be PowerPoint deep. Yeah, no, I, in all, I, I'm not, I'm not, I have a phenomenal therapist. I think she is extraordinarily good at what she does. And she had a lot of personal things that happened in her life. And this hasn't been, this information hasn't come out that long ago. So I, I, I mean, I have no complaints. She, she is phenomenal. And this information, this particular article hasn't been out there. And because of the things that happened in her private life, you know, we all have this thing called life, right? And sometimes you're not going to catch up on everything, right? So, I mean, I just made her aware of it, and she was very appreciative. I I have no complaints about my my therapist. I think she's phenomenal at what she does. Um, so I don't I don't want this to sound like I'm throwing her under bus. Not at all. No, I have nothing but positive things. She's helped me tremendously, um, and I I got a lot more. Uh, as saying might go, there's a lot more work to be had. <laughs> but I mean, you know. So I, anyway, I didn't want that to come across as I saw. I was just, did you know this? And she's like no and she was clicking on it and at first she couldn't bring it up and i thought i'll be go to hell the va has got her locked out of information and it eventually came up but it was like you don't know what you don't know and there it is um but, well, I, I think i think i mean for like for for me it, it isn't the fact that they came out with the, the new sarin gas the part that pisses me off is our politicians they all suck. I'll be the first ones to say it out loud. All the way from every president, all the way down, I don't give a crap who it is, the housing people. You know, that they're not out admitting what they did to us. And uh. I, I think that's where a lot of go for veterans are hurting. Because we are a forgotten war. And Very so, much so. Yeah, so how would you relate we're talking with them about, you know, when they're dealing with that stuff. Cause I need, I, I talk to veterans all the time who are just heartbroken. Mm -hmm. You know, I really think it's up to us to lead the way. Yeah. Some of the best therapists I know were, you know, enlisted in officers before, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of us who are now researchers or in PhD programs or in master's programs or becoming social workers. And it really is up to us to start this conversation, because I think you're right, Kevin. I don't think, I don't think politicians, I don't know if there's an appetite writ large to talk about war crimes, 
toxic gases, <laughs> militarized rape, male-on-male uh, -male rape within the service, military sexual assault. I don't know if there's much of an appetite to talk about that. Suicide. You know, we talk about up oh, 22 a day. How come we say 22 a day and everybody knows what that means, but we're not really talking about it. I think it's up to us as veterans to start leading the harder conversations and to really start talking about what it is and what it's not. You know, when talking with Gulf War vets or with our Vietnam brothers and sisters, you know, I, I wasn't in Vietnam. I don't see Charlie in the foxhole, but I get I get that they were spit on and that they were really disrespected when they came back. I get that this, that the Ukrainian war right now is really triggering a lot of folks. Mm. You know, I get, you know, I'm, I'm very close to Uvalde where I live here. I'm on the South Texas border. And I've had a lot of veterans come in for the very first time who, you know, very first time they've, you know, have never been seen for mental health, and this is their breaking point. There are a lot of us who are reaching our breaking point. And how do we have an honest, real conversation about this? How do we talk about what PTSD, what it's not? How do we get real help? You know, is, again, is the knowledge PowerPoint deeper? Do we really know how to fix this? You know, when it comes to PTSD, and, and when I really started deep diving into this, I think what really pissed me off the most was knowing that we've had solutions to PTSD for decades. The, the Department of Veteran Affairs authorizes three evidence-based treatments for PTSD. So in evidence-based treatments, they are tested. So these, these treatment models are tested very much in the same way that a vaccine is tested or drugs are tested. So these are double blind longitudinal studies over the course of decades. And in this case, they have been tested in terms of, you know, tens of thousands of service members. And the Department of, you know, the VA itself has approved three of these evidence-based treatments. And that's prolonged exposure, cognitive processing therapy, and what we call EMDR, that's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a mouthful, so we just gave it that acronym, EMDR. And that doesn't mean that there are only three solutions for PTSD. There are several. There are several. And amazing researchers, especially, you know, shout out to my brothers and sisters up at StrongStar, UT Health Science Center, PTSD a DOD Research uh, Center for Excellence for PTSD Research, right up in San Antonio, Texas. You know, we know what works and, what, and we know that they work quickly. So each of these three evidence-based treatments really works between 10 and 15 sessions. That means that if you are seeing a therapist weekly, the science shows us that it works for most people most of the time, and it does so in about three months. Meaning that if somebody has, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the symptoms are at a point of being a disorder, that's the D of PTSD, that in the course of 10 to 15 sessions, we expect, and the science tells us, that most of these symptoms will go down to a reasonable level where people can function again and function again in their roles. But what happens is we go to, 
you know, when it comes to PTSD research, we, I almost feel like we've got a lot of people running around with their puzzle pieces. Like, I got a piece of the puzzle. You know, you got you those fucking horse therapy people and you've got, <laughs> you know, you've got the group therapy people and you've got, you know, it, you know, we can, you know, we can do ayahuasca and, and we know what, you know, we've got all these folks running around with these puzzle pieces and it's like, no, nah, no, nah. we, we know what works. And because those three, those three evidence-based treatments are approved by the VA, they're pretty ubiquitous, meaning that they are offered at almost every military treatment center. They're offered at every VA behavioral health program. And we can ask for them by name. We can ask is for it, them by name. Is an hour the standard quo for when you, when you have a therapist talk to you? Um, yeah. Is an hour about standard? It, it really depends. Hours about right between 50 minutes and 60 minutes. So, so what happens when you go in? Let me ask you this. What happens when mm -hmm. you go in and you got a whole lot of things on your mind mm -hmm. and you don't know if it's one thing or a, a, a combination of things and you spend half an hour, 40 minutes talking about that and then your therapist turns around. <laughs> what are they supposed to, when you got, if it's not, let's say it's a, a couple of weeks in between. And I, I'm sure, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that need assistance. Mm -hmm. When you start talking, I mean, cause you, your job as therapist, you gotta listen to what we have to feed you. And then you gotta figure out in your training as to how to answer our questions or, you know, I've, I've asked my therapist point blank and I look at her and I, I just ask, am I wrong? And she'll go, Yep. I'm like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> Why am I wrong? You know? Okay. So if that I'm kind of getting the particulars when I will say, I have an opinion about a family member. Is that thought process wrong? And then they'll say yes and explain it. But then we don't necessarily get down to the meat and potatoes as to why I'm thinking all this. Okay. You know? So, so great question. So um, yes and no. So your first session, and this is, this is really great. I'm so glad that you're asking this because a lot of service members are really afraid. What's going to happen when I go into therapy? Am I going to be on a couch? Am I going to be talking about my mommy issues? Cause I'm not there. So with, when it comes to PTSD, no, you won't be talking about your mommy issues for the most part. And that's because it doesn't help. It's not an evidence-based treatment. So standard talk therapy, just yap it, you know, get a friend. Go to the, you know, go to the American Legion. So when it comes to an evidence-based treatment, they're very highly structured. So the first time that you meet with a therapist, you're going to do something called an intake. It's about 90 minutes long. And the, it's 90 minutes long because it, for a lot of people, it's their first time ever talking with a therapist. And that's terrifying. And you got a lot of stuff you need to get out. So as the intake therapist, who might not be the same person as your therapist therapist, their job is to get a lot of information, rack and stack, so to triage all that information, and then to work with you to come up with a treatment plan or to figure out, okay, what do we want to work on first? What do we want to work on second? And so they're going to be getting a lot of information a lot of information, but if I'm sitting there and I'm just letting you go on and on and on, and I'm not guiding that, 
I'm not really doing my job. Hmm. You could do that with a friend. You could do that with a dog. You, you know, you could do that on a blog. My job is to, is to get you on track. So I will be, you know, I'll be asking you questions about your mental health history, about your military history, about your family history. I'm going to be asking, you know, I'm going to be doing all sorts of measures. I'm going to be asking you about suicide attempts. I'm going to be asking you about your anxiety, your PTSD symptoms, your depression symptoms. I'm going to be getting a lot of information. I'm going to say, okay, John, so we've been here for the last 90 minutes. And what I have heard you say is that you're really struggling with PTSD symptoms that sound a lot like PTSD. But I'm also hearing that a front burner issue for you is your anxiety because you're not able to leave the house. And so here's what I'm wondering. What would you like to focus on for this episode of care for this, for the next 10 weeks? What do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus? Cause we got roots and fruits when it comes to PTSD. So PTSD is what we call a co-occurring disorder. That means PTSD is a real joiner. It always comes to the party with friends. So we see most often with PTSD and with military related PTSD, we see drug and alcohol abuse, depression, anxiety, um, obsessive compulsive disorders, what we call OCD, and we see eating disorders. So binging, purging, uh, anorexia. And this is especially for men and especially for special warfare folks. See it? Those are kind of my big five that I see all the time. So what I'll say is, you know, John, I'm seeing these problems. And what I'm wondering is because at the end of the day, I'm the expert in psychology, but brother, you're the expert in you. Mm. What is it that is going to, what is it that you would like to work on first? And you might say, you know what? I really need to quit drinking because if I get another DUI, I'm going to prison. <clears throat> or you might say, you know what? I really need to get a hold of this depression because I want to kill myself every freaking day. Or you might say, you know what? I need to work on my marriage because I'm, I'm picking fights with my spouse and I need to make this work and I can't figure it out. You're driving the train. Does that make sense? Yeah, then it I'm does. Say, yeah. Then I'm going to say, okay. So I'm hearing you say, I'm going to reflect it because that's, that's what therapists do. I say, no, I'm hearing you say is that you really want to work on your drug and alcohol abuse. You say, yes. And I say, okay, you're driving the train. That's where we're going. So the next 10 sessions, that what's, that's what we're doing. And if you want to switch course, you need to let me know because I am full steam ahead. And then for the next 10 sessions, that's what we're going to work on. Mm. And if you're like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been drinking a lot this week, but I really want to talk about this cut on my finger. I'm going to be like, fuck no, stop. We are going to refocus. We are going to get back in the saddle and we are going to talk about whether we're going to talk about your drug and alcohol use or do we need to shift our focus? Do we need to change our treatment plan? Do we need to work on something new or do we need to stick to the original plan? Nine times out of 10, my client's going to say, you know what? I want to stick to the original plan because this is still a front burner issue for me. Now I'll say, okay. 
at the end of session, we're going to do 50 sessions. We're going to work on what we're working 50 minutes. We're going to work on what we're working on 50 sessions, calm down, but we'll do, you know, 50 minutes. And then if we've got time left, tell me about this. But if we don't have time left, we're going to leave it for another day. Is that okay? So Kevin, so when you're, when you're talking to uh, men and women uh, on a daily basis, mm -hmm. are, are, are they able to, when they're talking about stuff that is bothering them the, from the military, are they able to um, Elaborate start a conversation it? and end a conversation within a short time frame? I suck at that. Some are, some aren't. Everything. I, a lot of them, when they talk about their stuff that they're dealing with PTSD that I talk to, it, it always relates to how it affects their family life, mm -hmm. their kids their spouse, you, you know, the, their brothers, mom, dad, sister, cousins, it doesn't matter, their friends. And, and that's kind of what I try to focus on with family members also on here is that y'all have no idea what they're going through. But I also believe they need the counseling also. Mm -hmm. And so I'll let you elaborate on that, that for me. For sure. Uh, John, to answer your question, my job's to drive the train in that 50 minutes mm. and to make sure that we don't bite off more than we can chew. So I've got to keep my scope narrow. We're going to, you know, we're not going to solve the world in 50 minutes. Really? We're gonna I know. <laughs> I know. Most of the time, but not always. <laughs> but a big part of my job also is to say, you know what? I'm seeing that there are a lot of other things here that are really bothering you. Let's look at the vet center for getting your family some therapy. Let's look at also while you're doing this one-on-one -on -one counseling with me, let's also get you in with a marriage counselor so you can work on that in tandem. It might be, you know what? You are dealing with some really heavy issues right now that are really spiritually based. I'm thinking especially of the shooting in Uvalde. Let's hook you up with the chaplain. You know, let's get you talking to your faith leader. Yeah, I, I, I struggle, you know, when we're talking about what just recently hap happened, you know, the shooting. And mm -hmm. it's like, if a person chooses to watch the news, it's like, it's a blame game. It's this, it's that. I'm like, you can't undo what you did. And it was a horrific thing that happened. And, you know, everybody thinks, well, we, we got to change all the laws. And I'm like, wait a second. Why don't we incorporate this thing called mental health and make it more available to the people in our country? Because I have family members that struggle in that area and there's not enough of it. You need mental health. And if you, I mean, let's face our world right now, our world's kind of not so great. Yeah, if you're not, I mean, even the people who are making a lot of money, I mean, you got to spend money, right? I don't care what you're doing. You want to drive, you got to put fuel in a car. That costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And you can say, well, it's all, we're going to blame everything on the fuel price. We're going to blame everything on this and everything like that. And what you provide as far as trying to wrap your head around it, what it is that person's thinking, 
when us veterans, I don't know about other veterans. I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of them. I mean, and you do it on, a, on, I mean, you talk to people all the time and trying to get inside what it is that's going on in that brain of theirs. Mm -hmm. And um, they need help. And the people that don't know they necessarily need help, maybe their buddy across, maybe their friend across the hallway who's struggling too, maybe they know they need help. And they should be able to go and get this help easily. But unfortunately, it's getting worse and worse in our United States. And I, you can take all the guns off the street if that was even something that was even plausible. That ain't gonna fix the issue because if somebody wants to hurt somebody, they're gonna figure out a way to do it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we ha I think it's really important, especially within mental health and when we're dealing one-on-one -on -one in our own personal therapy sessions. We can get real wrapped around the axle about what should be going on and how things should change. And we should all over ourselves. That's not really helpful. You know, I think it's important, especially within our one-on-one -on -one therapy session, is to get very myopic and to say, you know what? What is it that I can personally affect and change? Yeah, you know, I love- What'd you say, myop? I'm Myopics, we, we got to get super hyper-focused. What is Thanks. within my control? Down for me. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> you know, I, I love the serenity prayer. My favorite version of it is, you know, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know that that is me, that that is me. That at the end of the day, the only thing that I can control is me. The only thing you can control is you. There is, there is not a lot that we can do to, you know, to change everything writ large overnight. But we can certainly get really worked up about it and, and really fuck up our day. Huh. And, really, and, and lose a lot of sleep and really affect our own mental health. You know, it... It's hard. And I'm not saying that we just need to lay down and accept school shootings or, you know, wars with Russia. But I am saying that, you know what, maybe a better focus and a better, a better use of our time is to say, okay, how can I change? How can I change myself? How can I change my own thought patterns? How can I react when I'm triggered? How can I change my own family? You know, when I'm sitting with a client, I think, you know, my, something I'm always thinking about when I meet with a veteran or with an active duty service member for the first time is to stop for the one, you know, we can, for me, I can get really wrapped up and say, you know what, I can, I should be doing talks and I could write more books. But at the end of the day, I've got one person in front of me who needs help. And I can stop for that one person and let them know that they deserve to be loved and honored and respected and valued and to give them that one-on-one -on -one time and to detangle what is going on and to, to actually help them in their walking, talking everyday life. You know, we, we can't unfuck a lot of things out there. We just can't, or we can't do it quickly. I'm not saying that change doesn't happen, you know, because change Every, every good thing that's ever happened in the United States started with people being really pissed off. Yes. You know, from the Tea Party to civil rights, um, you know, you name it, 
it started with us being really angry and taking action. Well, but you, you made a, a good point there. Um, and, and Kevin was just being forthright, talking about politicians. Politicians have a tendency to, you know, talk everything to death. I'm going to tell you everything you want to hear. I know you want to hear that I'm all that in a bag of chips. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why don't you do your damn job, what you were put into office to do, stop trying to, you know, pad your back pocket and make your family and get reelected. So you keep on putting money in your pocket and life is grand for you. And you got all these health benefits and everything else. Well, the very people you're talking to, okay, I got elected. Now piss off. Now I'm going to, well, the way, I think the way, this is the way I look at, at life. I guess, you know, I used to tell my chaplain this, and he sent me down for a psych evaluation for it. But I tell him life's like a flower. That I, I would always, when I was on the ship, that was my saying. And he's like, what in the hell are you talking about, Simon? I said, think about it. You start out this beautiful little seed and you grow into a beautiful flower. But on that way, you're being spit on, shit on, pissed on, walked on, kicked on. And then you grow old and you die. It's the same thing with, with life. To, to me, I don't want to watch the news 24-7. I, I don't want to get involved in that anymore. I want to watch what things that are going to make me happy. And I think that's how we need to change things. Because to me, you can only help you first. And then help the others around you. And, and if everybody would just put one foot forward and open the door for each other and say, have a great day, you change somebody's life. I love that. And, you know, Kevin, you know, the show does a great job of answering the question, you know, what can I do? You know, you're, you put together this show for other Gulf War vets to, to teach to open that door for other people, maybe not the physical door, like what you're talking about, but really figuratively to open that door and to say, Hey, or to guide people like you're doing, John, to say, you know what, this is how you get that service connection. This, you know, or, you know, here's an article that was just released that tells you more about sarin gas. Or, you know, I, I talk with folks all the time on our Facebook page um, at the Soldier's Guide, you know, our Facebook page or on our blog at thesoldiersblog.com, you know, talking with individuals and, and answering individual questions and saying, you know, what you're going through, pretty normal. Those are pretty normal symptoms for PTSD. Don't, that doesn't mean it tickles, but it means that it's, it's pretty normal. And here's how you get help. I, you know, what you guys do here on this podcast and in your individual lives is you're stopping for the one person. You're stopping for the one and saying, you know, here's the way, walk in it. Let me show you what worked for me. Yeah, Let me stop. No, very, yeah, I like that. And kudos to, uh, to Wade, because Wade will often mention helping one person at a time. And Kevin, I like that. I had never heard it quite phrased like that, a flower. That makes complete sense. Um, and, and, and Virginia, when you, I like the way you phrased it earlier, we were talking, you say, we got to put, what'd you say? You said, said something about putting something on the front burner. Like what's, what's really, you know, what's your main thing here? What do we really want to focus on? And, and, and my therapist, and she has done that good, but I, I have a tendency um, 
to start talking about all these other things. And she's doing her job listening to me and it has to, you know, compile all that and then come back after I finally shut my damn mouth and tell me, okay, John, let's concentrate on this. We're not going to fix all this all at once. I mean, and she's quite frank, but always in a purposeful way, you know, mm -hmm. not, she isn't telling me what I need, what I want to hear. She's telling me what I need to hear in the right things that I need to hear to fix my mind. And she will always say, John, be mindful. And that kind of pisses me off when she does that. But <laughs> I know it's, I know it's a fair statement. Doesn't mean I got to like it. I don't like driving freaking 55 on the highway, but guess what? There's a penalty if I drive faster. And that penalty is, Hey, you're going to pay a hefty fine because you were a dumbass and wanted a challenge and you lost your challenge. You know, I mean, well, same. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean it, it, it goes for everything. I mean, I, I think with me, Virginia, you know, when you're talking about having faith and, and, and to me, uh, you know, how I was brought up and how I've learned it over the years Put God first, put yourself, everything falls in, in, in a line. And that's that's how I look at life. How I look at life is I put my faith first and then me and a guy down. It doesn't mean everybody's going to believe in what I believe in. I'm not going to push it on anybody. I want everybody to have their own beliefs. But you got to have something you believe in besides yourself. And I, I do believe that. And, and I think that's, you know, believe in therapy, believe in, you know, a wife, believe in your, your, your kids, however much you can, but believe in your kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry if my children are, just heard me say that. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. You got to want to, I mean, you got to, you got to, you got to want to fix yourself. You got to want to move forward. Right. And I, my, I think my brother used that term or maybe I was telling him, I get a little tired when the, well, we need to move forward. I got a little tired of that. I kind of, it's a bullshit phrase, but it, it, it is. And it's not, it's like, well, we're going backwards. Well, there is such a thing as going backwards. Cause if you're if your thought process isn't being positive, and always negative, i.e. not watching all the negative news because news is negativity that is drama. That's what guides a lot of their ratings, which keeps paychecks to people, right? You know, drama, drama, drama. Uh, I freaking hate drama. I mean, well, that, unless, <laughs> unless, unless I'm going to watch it intentionally for entertainment purposes. Um, days of our lives, brother. Days oh of our God. lives. <laughs> the bold yeah. and the beautiful. I cannot believe oh, I'm yeah. saying that on the freaking no. air. My but, wife will tell me, you know, those are daytime dramas. You like nighttime soap operas. And I thought, you're full of shit. But I thought, no, that's a fair statement. Because, for example, if you want to watch it, Chicago PD or something along that. What is that? That's a nighttime soap opera drama. It's the same difference. We're just not talking about uh, fire. What yeah. most people think is a soap opera, right? It's a different now, type. Is that is that a fair analogy, Virginia? <laughs> you know, I, I I'll tell you the truth. I I got one amazing husband, one terrible dog, and that's all the <laughs> drama I need in my life. I you know I I really. I, I go very far out of my way to 
to practice serenity mm. um, because I, I need it. I needed to be able to survive. And, um, you know, one of the, one of, I, I love what, you, what you're saying here. One of the greatest um, bits of feedback that I get on the book um, from readers on, on our blog and on our Facebook uh, page, on the, on the Soldier's Guide Facebook page, is, um, is comments on what we call the big two. And those are the big two questions that we have to be able to ask and answer for ourselves before we can get any help. And, and I'll put it into context. So the first question is, do you believe that change is possible? Do we believe? Mm. Now, that's a really interesting question because the science is really clear. Whether we believe something is true or not, we're right. If we believe that, that uh, therapy won't help me, then I'm right. If I believe that I can't lose weight, then I'm right. <laughs> if, if I believe that, you know, belie but our belief systems, our fundamental belief systems. So in, in terms of PTSD, we have to ask ourselves, you know, do you believe it's possible that you could get to a point where you're not feeling suicidal every day? Do you believe that it's possible that you could use an evidence-based treatment for your PTSD and reduce your symptoms? Do you believe it's possible that you could be the dad you want to be? Do you, do you even believe that's possible? And the funny thing about beliefs is, you know, I could, you know, one thing I hear, you know, I could wake up tomorrow and the sky could be green and the grass could be blue. You know, anything's possible. <laughs> anything's possible. You know, so, you know, we say, do we do you believe that's possible? And then the second question is, do you want to change? And that is not an easy question to ask and answer, if we're being real honest, because we have to ask ourselves, am I willing to do whatever it takes to get to this point? Am I willing to talk authentically with a therapist, someone I've never met before, and share my deepest, darkest secret with them? Am I willing to write out a trauma narrative that describes my feelings? Am I, am I willing to do therapeutic homework in between sessions so that I'm not just going and talking at every session, but I, I'm actually working in between? Am I willing to do the work that it's gonna take? Because therapy, therapy ain't easy, this shit ain't easy. But it's not forever either. It's not forever. It's, you know, like I said, 10 and 15 sessions, 12 sessions is your sweet spot. That's three months, you know, three to four months. That's cake compared to some of our Vietnam brothers who've been seeing Charlie in the foxhole 60 fucking years, man. That is, and it works. And the, and the science is clear that it works. And what kills us about the big two or what kills me, I'll just speak about me personally, is, you know, whenever I have somebody come into my office I have to ask some version of the big two, do you believe change is possible for you? Do you believe that? Because I may know the science and I may know the literature and I may write books about it and I may know it's possible, but it doesn't matter what I think. 
And at the end of the day, are you willing to do the work? And, you know, and it's, and it's a killer because we see our kids, our adult children, sometimes minor children, spouses, battle buddies, friends, shipmates, and we see them blowing up their relationships and their families and their congregations and their units and their workplaces. And we see their lives going to absolute shit. And we know that they deserve better. We know that if they could just hit that rock bottom and go to AA, or if they could just go to a therapist and talk with someone, if they could just do what I'm suggesting. And at the end of the day, and I have to tell this to family members all the time, and it breaks my fucking heart in two, because, and those of you who, who, and John, you had said you have, you know, you have family members who struggle with mental health, and it is heartbreaking to watch people you love and honor and value and respect and cherish struggling with something that you know can be fixed. You know it can be fixed. But you can sometimes, and and you can't help. You you talk to you, you talk to whether it's a family member, others, and like you're saying, they they've got to want to fix it. It's like, for example, mm-hmm. if a person smokes cigarettes and mm-hmm. they've been doing it for years and years and years and years and years, you can talk until you're blue in the face. They've got to want themselves to quit smoking that cigarette. I think uh, um, I'm bad with names. Kevin, uh, the gal that was on. Uh, a short time ago and she made the comment there's i don't know three to five thousand chemicals in a cigarette that's a ton of crap right. going into your body and you're addicted to that nicotine and so i've heard in virginia I, i'm we're kind of off subject here but yet not really mm-hmm. you want to get away from that addiction problem you got to want to fix it do i want to keep on thinking about the bad shit that happened to me when I was in war, i.e., do I want to keep on listening to negativity on the news? No, but I want to stay updated. Well, maybe watch an abbreviated news broadcast or pick a different way to listen to the information. You've got to want to help yourself. I can't do it for you. I always tell my kids that. I can't, whatever's negative going on in your life, You've got to want that change. I can, I can guide. I would, my kids, I always tell them, I can guide and advise. I can't fix the problem. You got to want to fix the problem. It's, it sucks. Oh, it's, it hurts. And, and I think the hardest part of my job is talking to family members who they, they call me and they're like, Virginia, can you just talk with my husband, my dad, my son? my daughter. Can you just talk to them one time? Because I know that when they talk to you, they will want to get help for their drug addiction, PTSD, alcoholism, depression. And I have to tell them with so much empathy and so much love, because I know it hurts. No, no. And, and I tell them, you know, with love, I'm going to advise you to stand down because this is crazy making. It's crazy making because that you have no control over anyone else's belief system. Sometimes we can influence. I haven't heard that term in a long time, but stand down. Yeah. God, that sucks to have to do that too. For our sanity, for Mm -hmm. our sanity, 
you know, there's a wonderful organization. It's called CODA, Codependence Anonymous. And I'm not saying that people who, <laughs> that everybody who has a loved one right. with, an, with an illness needs to go to CODA. Um, what an amazing organization. They're available, the whole 12-step community. The only good thing about pandemic, entire 12-step community has gone online. Mm. Yeah, and you can go to CODA.org. You can go to AA Online Intergroup. You can find... Every 15 minutes, somewhere in the world, there is a meeting that is starting. You can, you know, you know, on Zoom, you don't even have to put up your real picture or your real name. You just sit and listen. And, um, you know, I've sent folks to CODA to say, you know what? I, I get, I get that this is hard. And I get that this is not what you want to hear, that you want me to say something like, well, I can do it. Nothing to it. You know, I'll just talk to them one time and they're going to change everything. And, um, you know, it's hard to watch somebody you care about, especially a battle buddy, especially a shipmate who has gone through, is going through what you've already been through. Well, how do you, how do you just inter, inter, interrupt there a little bit, Virginia, because I, 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 Coda, can you spell that now? I'm trying to ask a Delta Alpha. Say how again. How do you spell, you're saying CODA. CODA, charlieoscardeltaalpha.org. Copy that, all so right. That thank stands you. for Codependence Anonymous. Okay, thank you. Amazing 12-step program. Um, not even known by a lot of addiction professionals. I think, they, I think they do an amazing job. There's that 12-step group for everything. They're incredible. The 12-step community is freaking inspirational. I, I really really uh love working with those folks um but yeah coda.org it it is you know it's hard when we you know for me you know i i specialize in military mental health and and i i sub you know i really specialize in war crimes so i you know in my military life yeah, i'm an arabic speaker and i'm a trained interrogator hmm. and so there's a lot to that and you know, is that some of the is that bit of information kind of do you do you spell that out a little bit in your book? I talk about it a lot in the blog. Okay. Um, so you can go to the soldiersblog.org. I talk about it. I talk about it in podcasts. It's not really relevant um, because within the book we're talking about what PTSD is, what it isn't. Um, you know, so it's a it's you know, the, I would get the soldier's guide to PTSD if you were going in for like a, a CMP exam, a compensation and pension exam. Oh, that's awesome right there. That, yeah. See, it's, that's, it's all good information, but to the CMP, because so, mm -hmm. so Virginia, as you know, when, when, and, and, and Kevin and I, and, and you know, cause you've watched it, the CMP exam, oh, there is such an art to tell them what, what they need to hear and how you phrase it. And you um, guys are idiots. So Say again. Sometimes. You guys are idiots. <laughs> you know what makes a CMP exam, and I'll just speak personally. It took me a long time, a really long time, to get service connection for my own combat-related PTSD, and that is because I found it very triggering to talk about. Mm. I found the process to be almost willfully, you know, just convoluting, just bat shit i think is the word i'm really looking yeah. for i think they're that's freaking nuts you gotta know what oh my god cmp and i 
been I've been to them in person. I've been to them on the phone. And yeah. Jesus, it's a pain in the ass. I, I, I could get PTSD from just that. You know, it is it is very triggering, and for. Um, you know, and I especially think of service members who are recovering from military sexual trauma, what we call MST. Um, you know, military sexual trauma is very rarely reported uh, within, you know, within a unit, and we know that. And so the VA um, is, is encouraging MST survivors to come forward and, and get a CMP exam for military sexual trauma even though there's no nexus within the medical record. However, there's, there's a way that we do it. There's a way that has to be done. And there are questions that are going to be asked about your trauma, you know, and, and what your symptoms are. And so uh, just earlier this year, we published the, the soldier's workbook for PTSD. And it's, it's, uh, it's based on the soldier's guide to PTSD, but it is workbook based. And so that is to help a service member who is going in, especially for a CMP exam uh, for PTSD, to be able to go, we go through line by line, all of the different criteria for PTSD. We do a clinical to English translation because it doesn't make sense otherwise. And then we give, give the, the veteran or the service member room to write that out. So. Me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Virginia, no, you got but it, you for, got for, it. For, for, those, for those people out there that don't know what a CMP exam is, can you very quickly, if you don't mind, please tell My them favorite. what that is and what it's for? Absolutely. My, thank you for asking. Uh, so C&P, sounds like CNP, no November in there, but um, so C, compensation, P, pension. So what happens is, uh, let's say, uh, so for example, I'm going to take a, an example like tinnitus. So we all go through military processing. We go through MEPS. And once we get out of MEPS, you know, presto changeo, we are 100% perfect, ready to, to go follow the yellow footprints or to go to basic training, you know, whatever, pick your poison. You are good to go. You are deemed perfect. Then you spend time in the military and you go, you're around things that go boom. You come out of the military, you leave the military and all of a sudden you've got this ringing in your ear. It's called tinnitus. Tinnitus. Some people call it tinnitus, but that's just weird. <laughs> Are you raising your hand uh, be because you hear the beeping? Oh, you got it. You got it, brother. That's why you got your earphones in. So so what we do is, is you go, um, so you come out of the military and you have tinnitus. Now we know that before you went in the military, you didn't have tinnitus because you went through a mess. And then after you get out of the military, you've got the ringing in your ear. So what, what you do is you put in a request for compensation and pension for compensation, meaning that military broke my ears. I got ringing in my ears and I need to be compensated for it. So you will go to a compensation and pension exam. So this is a hearing test and in which someone will ask you, you know, do you have ringing in your ears? And you say, yes, I do. And lo and behold, it is connected to your service. 
what, so that's service connected. That means that what I am experiencing now, the ringing in my ears that I'm experiencing today is connected to things that go boom while I was in the military. It's connected to my service. Now I'm using this in a really simple example yeah. because it's really no, perfect. perfect. When we're, yeah, when we're talking about mental health, it gets complicated or and worserer. So we are trying to connect it back to our service. So that's what we mean by service connected. So then we get a rating from that compensation and pension exam. For tonight, it's 10%, which is like 470 bucks a month, meaning that you are now compensated $470 a month, 10% for your service connected condition that you experience today. So then fast forward to something like um, PTSD. And I want to take the case of military sexual trauma, not to, um, so it's a trigger warning, but because it is so damn complicated, what a compensation and pension examiner. So this is an examiner. So this is someone like me. So this is a licensed mental health professional at the PhD level at the PhD level who is asking you questions about your current state of PTSD, the, your current symptom. Because remember, the symptoms that I'm experiencing now have to be connected to what happened in my service for it to be service connected. Mm -hmm. So the questions that are asked in a CMP exam, um, so, and we talk about that in, about this line by line in the soldier's guide to PTSD and certainly in the workbook. That's, uh, that's huge. We, that's, we go I mean, no, I greatly appreciate it and keep them going. I'm not, this is great. So it's so, it's so important, John, because this shit ain't rocket surgery. You know, we, <laughs> tell we, that to the VA. Brother, we teach 18-year-olds how to fix fighter jets. We can certainly teach you what PTSD is and what it's not and what the symptoms are. Veterans are incredibly intelligent human beings. The, the, what, what our book does, what the Soldier's Guide to PTSD does that other books don't do, is it's by a soldier for a soldier. It is written from me to you. So we use common everyday soldiers language to explain what this is. I had a great NCO, John, who you actually remind me a lot of, um, who used to always I was an NCO, so I, I, okay, hopefully right. this was a good person. <laughs> he used to always say to me, Curse, are you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> yeah. You picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. And I love that check-in because what we do when it comes to PTSD and depression and anxiety, moral injury and suicide is we put a lot of shit out there, but no one is picking up what we're putting down. Yeah. That's kind of the point. Hip pocket training is so that people are picking up what we're putting down. Hip so, pocket training. That's hip interesting. Hip pocket training, brother. <laughs> you know, are you picking up what I'm putting down? And so yeah. within in the Soldier's Guide to PTSD, we talk about what we call criterion alpha. So criterion, criterion is one, criteria is plural because when you're talking to your medical mental health professional or to a C and P examiner, I Thank want you. you to sound smart. And so we need you to know the jargon and know the lingo. So they're going to ask you, what's your criterion alpha? What is your, what, 
what is your trauma? And you're going to have to name it, which means that you're someone who goes in for a C and P exam, not CNP. I, I need to articulate better writ large, but especially when it comes to that is a C and P examiner is going to ask you, what did you experience in your service? And they're going to ask it to you in about 15 different ways. The same damn question. Perhaps. And you got say again, perhaps. Yeah. My you know, experience. Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, and, you know, unfortunately there, there's really no standard, you know, there is a standard outline to ask what PTSD is, but you know, if you're already, if the first time that you're ever talking about being raped is with a C and P examiner, and oftentimes it is, can we just be real about that? That's going to be a traumatic event that is going to be re-triggering. Then the C and P examiner is going to ask you about your intrusion symptoms, criterion bravo, your avoidance symptoms. It's going to ask you about re-experiencing. It's going to ask you about uh, nightmares, flashbacks. It's going to ask you about hallucinations. Um, and, and we talk very frankly in the Soldier's Guide to PTSD about each of those criteria. And it's important. So like, for example, I've never personally seen a case of PTSD without hallucinations. And we need to talk about that and be very honest about it. Because anybody who watches TV knows that when we have hallucinations, that means that we're hearing, seeing, tasting, smelling, feeling things that aren't there, that are not there. We know that if we say that to a therapist, perhaps, or to the wrong therapist or to a doctor, that it's a hop, skip, and a jump to the tinfoil hat and maybe the padded room. Damn. But here's the thing. I've never, and I say again, I have never seen a case of PTSD without hallucinations. And PTSD is an extremely logical disorder. It's extremely logical. Because our, tr our brain really has only two jobs. Number one is to keep us safe, keep us alive, one foot in front of the other. And your brain's done its job because you're here, you're yapping with me. And second, at a very far second, is to make meaning, whether we have all the information or not. I say again, whether we have the information or not. So when it comes to our brain keeping us alive, Fill in the blank, John. Stay alert. Stay alive. Yeah. I'm up. They see me. Get the fuck down. Get down. Okay. <laughs> so we, you know, stay alert, stay alive. Our brain knows how to keep us alive. So when we're trying to relax, rest, um, have sex, masturbate, play video games, do something relaxing. Our brain will say to us, whoa, 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 hold on, Virginia. Perhaps you forgot that the world is a really dangerous place and everybody's trying to schwack us. Let me remind you by giving you the scent of your attacker's cologne or the taste of moon dust or hearing so, somebody calling your name um, or manufactured gunshot sound. I, I know, mm -hmm. I know that Kevin and I. We've talked to many folks on this podcast and PTSD, we all know it's a real thing. 
But we also know that Uncle Sam will want to say that it's all in your head. Uh, no, it's not. Um, that stuff that was in the air, i.e. the serum or the PB tabs or a conglomeration of other things that we're exposed to, the thoughts don't leave us, but the stuff in our bodies ain't leaving us either. So understanding and trying to accept what we're feeling is a big deal, but it ain't the only deal. I can't control what's going on in my system, you know? So, I mean, because I know Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, we, we know that they will like, and I'm, PTSD obviously clearly is a real thing, but we want, it is not the only thing. That, well, you, you're adding it on top of the PTSD. It, it isn't. It isn't just PTSD. It's people with neuropathy, uh, neuropathy, fibromyalgia, digestive system problems. All that, along with the PTSD, makes it worse. Yes. Yeah. And not being believed. Not being believed. Yeah. There you go. Ten times yeah. worse than all betrayal. of it combined. Yeah, that institutional betrayal is such a kick in the teeth, because. You know, what PTSD does is it changes our fundamental belief system. And uh, there's, um, there's an evidence-based treatment for PTSD called cognitive processing therapy. The big idea behind that is to think about what we're thinking about. And what we know about PTSD is it changes our fundamental belief system about ourselves, about other people, and about the world writ large. And we might believe that the world is not a safe place. Or that, you know, no one's ever believed me before. Or every organization that is, you know, every organization that is large is going to go out of its way to disenfranchise me because look at what happened in my past. I mean, there, there are really good reasons for that. And the therapy methods are to help us get our disordered stress reactions back in order. Because you're right, Sean, feelings are not facts. We know that. But how do we get those feelings? How do we right size what we're experiencing so that we can get on with our walking, talking everyday life? Because that's what we deserve. That's what every veteran deserves is to be loved and honored and respected and valued and cherished. Truly, to be able to get on with our lives. So how do we how do we right-size these feelings? And you're right, saying, oh, it's all in your head. Not helpful. You know, <laughs> that toxic positivity. You know, oh, you know, every cloud has the silver white. Shut up. Really? <laughs> you know, that is just, that is not helpful. It is not helpful. What is helpful is understanding, understanding my symptoms so that I can know, is this normal? Or am I going le legit batshit? Thank you. Is this yeah. normal? Thank there ain't nothing normal about some of the shit that we've all dealt with. That I, shit I ain't mean, normal. But but is ahead, it, it isn't just with us. I mean, you've been over there three times. Mm -hmm. Just because you, I don't know if you're experiencing any things that we're experiencing. But, I, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody more positive than what you are. I can honestly say that. And 
God, I wish you were my therapist whenever I got out of the military. Because I would have went home saying, y'all can believe my therapist. He's <laughs> freaking awesome. No, but seriously, I mean, you need to run the VA. <laughs> I think they might just the, 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 the counseling. No, I'm dead serious. They need to put somebody in charge like you in the therapy uh, part of it as, as uh, up front, being in charge. Well, thank you for saying so, Kevin. I just, I won't lie. I take my shit unbelievably seriously because I've lived it. And I know I went from, I mean, man, I was drinking in Europe and other Europeans were like, oh shit, girl, you might need to slow down. I mean, I was not okay. That's bad when the Europeans are telling you to slow down. I was chronically suicidal. Chronically, there wasn't a day that went by that I did not think of ending my life. And, And I used thinking about, you know, thinking about suicide as a coping mechanism. And here's, here's the truth is just like drugs or alcohol, every coping mechanism works until it doesn't Hmm. works until it doesn't. I told myself, you know, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just thinking about, you know, my letter that I'm going to write or who's going to show up to my memorial service or who do I want to blast in a last, uh, you know, F you Facebook post, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just thinking about it but I'm not going to really do it. I would. But here's the thing about, about using, and it feels good. We need to be honest about that. And, uh, you know, in the soldier's guide to PTSD, we talk about suicide and suicidality very honestly, because I've thought about it and I have very seldom come across any veterans who haven't. And we need to stop pretending that that's not a thing. Cut the bullshit. And we need to be very real about talking about suicide. When we think about suicide, it helps. It relieves a pressure. It relieves a pressure. So think about, think about the brain as kind of a, a continuum, a continuum. So on this side, I've got thoughts that I don't want to feel. So I've got things like uh, hate, loathing, fear, shame, guilt. In the middle, I've got all these middle feelings. Like, I'm okay, I'm ambivalent, you know, whatever. Then over here, I've got all these feelings that I want to feel. I want to feel happy and joyful and rainbows and sprinkles and unicorns and shit, right? So here's the idea. When it comes to PTSD, and this is Criterion Charlie, this is what we call avoidance. When it comes to PTSD, we will go, remember, PTSD, unbelievably logical, unbelievably logical. We go way, way out of our way not to think of anything that reminds us of our trauma. Not watching the news, not going on Facebook, not going people, places, things. We will go way out of our way. And the idea, the big idea is very logical. We want to avoid all these shitty feelings I don't want to feel. We just want to feel these middle feelings and things I do want to feel because that makes sense. Well, let me ask you this. When we don't want to watch the shit that's going on in the Ukraine, but yet there's a part of us that wants to watch it and unfuck it, you know? How do you un sorry? How do you unfuck it, you know, so it makes sense? The civilian over there, 
They don't get it. They can't get it. They didn't don the uniform. Okay. If 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 they have a husband or a wife, a partner, however you want to phrase it, who is in the service they're standing next by, I'm just like them. No, you're not. You can empathize. You didn't wear the uniform. You don't get it. Is that an unfair statement? Be honest. I'm letting her answer that. That's uh, who I'm asking. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't have to drive, you know, a, a 1988 Toyota Corolla to know how, how to drive a car. You know, I think when it comes to trauma, all right, you want me to say something ugly? I'll say it. I think trauma comparison's kind of shitty. And I think okay. shitty people do it. So I think that there's enough trauma to go around. So is that, to be honest, is that what I just did? Is that Maybe what I'm being did? honest with you. Just let me finish. So when Sorry. it comes to <laughs> trauma comparison, that is when we say my trauma is more traumatic than your trauma. Mm. Okay. My experience is more traumatic than your experience. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I never hear this outside of military communities. So, for example, I never go to, say, battered women's shelter and hear things like, girl, you know, you think your husband beat you up? Well, my husband put me in the hospital four times. Mm. They don't say that because that's fucked up, because it's fundamentally not helpful to anyone. It's just shitty. Mm. And it has an unintended second and third order effect of diminishing someone's experience and making them not want to seek help. Now let's okay. bring it back to the military community. I do hear a lot of compar trauma comparison within our community. You, you only went to Iraq, Virginia? Well, I went to Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm. Oh my God, you, went, you were in the Gulf War? I was in a real war. And I know you guys have heard that. Oh yeah. Huh. You guys were in this, well, you don't know what it's like to get spit on at the airport. It's like, whoa. And then even, yeah, I mean, you got blown up once. Well, I got, I got three TBIs. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can trauma we, comparison. That's can we all agree that trauma is shitty? Huh. That all trauma is awful. But here's why I think trauma comparison is shitty. There is an unintended second and third order effect. Just like when that colonel said, you know, Virginia, we all know that women don't, don't serve in combat. In one phrase, he dismissed three deployments and, and just diminished my experience. He even, uh, he even uh, diagnosed me with a personality disorder, huh. which is unbelievably shitty and hard, hard to shake. Did you hit him? I was escorted from the building. Okay. <laughs> I like that so, idea. Um, but, but I see this a lot within the military community. And we don't have to compare our traumas to say, you know what, what happened to you is awful and it is not okay. And I had a trauma experience awful and it was also awful and not okay. And we both deserve to heal from this. And there are evidence-based treatments to do that. Let's talk about it. No, I appreciate that answer. That's good. Because yeah. the other day I was watching something on the news and they talk about 
for example, this person had two appointments, this person had three appointments to the golf or the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why does it have to be comparing the number of deployments? So yeah. I, I appreciate the honesty and trauma comparison. That is, uh, okay, now, now let me be straight, John. It's huge. John, so, I, I want to be super clear. I don't think anybody is intentionally being malicious when they do it. I want to be super clear about that. I don't think anyone intends to be shitty. I think when your experience is not being believed, for especially like Gulf War and illness, Jesus God, when your entire experience is not being believed or having your experience diminished. I mean, this is, this is a very natural thing to do, to put up that ego defense mechanism to say, you know what? Well, I experienced this too. Well, this was me too. That's, oh, that's normal. I don't think anybody is being intentional when they compare. But mm -hmm. I think it's when we can look at ourselves with a little more insight and we can take a knee and say, you know what? I understand why I'm doing that because frankly, I, I haven't been believed before, but I also get, now I understand what that second and third order effect is and how it's affecting other people. And I'm going to choose to stop from now on. That's great. I like that. I, and I, I mean, I, I do want you to clarify something for me though. I'm one thing. Oh yeah, this is a good one. And, and I hope my wife is going to listen to this. But is it a bad mistake if you tell your wife the best four years of your life was in the military? Say that. Say again. Oh God, you don't make me say that again. <laughs> uh, is is it really bad to tell your wife that the best four years of your life was in the military? Help me out on this. I, I want to get I out think, of the doghouse. I think that's between you and your wife. Oh, I think it's man. pretty. You're supposed to be on my it's side. It's pretty individual. It's pretty individual, oh, brother. Um, well, I know, tell her that because it's the bond. It is. It, it's it's the bond that you have with your military brothers and sisters. I, I mean, you and your wife have. I mean, my wife's my best friend. You, you know, easiest person I can talk to. But back then, you relied on them for survival. You relied on them because you were so homesick. <coughs> I, I mean, you relied on them for everything. And so I, 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 I said it. I'll be honest with you. I said it. And it go over, was, bro. Oh, boy, did it go. No, 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 no. I still hear about it. It was like 10 years ago. Oh. And now I tell Amanda, Best 20 years of my life was being married to her. <laughs> you kiss ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, it, 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 it is. I, I don't think... Uh, now, this is what I, I, I will say. For people who haven't been in the service, it service members, it, 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 almost like a fireman or police officer, it's a special bond. You, you hold a bond with them... I mean, that is very special. And you'll always have them in your hearts, your prayers, and your thoughts. And it's just different. And I, I don't know what it is. I will, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And Virginia, thank you so much for, you've given a lot of information, a lot of oh solid gosh. information about PTSD. And I've written down a lot of things. 
the trauma comparison, because I just did trauma comparison, stating what I said, making the comment about you didn't use a uniform, you can't. And, and so, I, as my wife would say, call a spade a spade. You corrected me, and I appreciate that because that's solid, useful information. As is I'm, as 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 your book is, and um, it's just it's no bullshit information, and that's I, I, what and we all need. I like that. I love the I, I love the name of, when you were reading it. I love the name. Hold that book up again. Oh, so it's called the Soldier's Guide to PTSD. And the subtitle is How to No Shit Reclaim Your Life. I like that. And, uh, and it looks like an Army FM. That was the point. You know, we got a field manual for this. There's just got to be an easier way. And, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we have a trauma, you know, a Heal from Trauma series. Uh, you know, we have the Soldier's Guide to PTSD. We have the Soldier's Workbook. And coming out on August 26, we have Acknowledge and Heal, which is a women's focus guide. Uh, to PTSD that'll be coming out. And also we have a version in Spanish that will be coming out. That's good. Because a lot of uh, service members and their family members. And Kevin, you're going to, this is going to, you're going to have this as a link, Kevin. Oh yes. Yes. Very, very much. She'll send me, you'll send me all the information, correct? You better believe it. And folks can find the book on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, wherever, wherever books are sold, we're there. Um, it's such a privilege to to talk with service members and to talk with veterans like y'all. And, and John, you know, you're singing in my heart because I am I am a former trauma comparer. I don't want you to think I'm throwing stones. No, you no, know? no. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, I mean it's solid. I mean, I you value you taking very that. gently corrected me, and I appreciate that. Oh, um, I'm throwing stones. Damn it. I'm sorry. I I, I like to list Hey, if no. I'm freaking wrong, tell me I'm wrong and prove me I'm wrong. Yeah. And you did that, and, and I appreciate and, 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 that. But that's one thing about it. But if you don't know, yeah, well, you you know it. that that's that's what this this show is about. Yeah, it, it's it, I, every day you should learn something. Mm-hmm. And you know I, we've got to lead the way too. Yeah, and, and you know I I think that. You should have a very book calendar. That's all the hell I can say. I'm just saying you should. Well, we do. We do have the book available on audio too. I forgot to mention that. I don't know about y'all, but I cannot remember the last time I read a book. I listen, you know, because not everybody has time to read, but everyone has a commute. Mm. And uh, so I even listen to journal articles and textbooks on, you know, I listen to them. I convert everything in. And so our, uh, you know, the Soldier's Guide to PTSD is also available in audiobook for, for those of us oh, who are a little God. more audio read. than visual, which I am. And I promise I it's not me reading so. it. It's, it's not me reading it. It's Kelly Tager is an amazing voice actress. And if I could sound like her... Oh my gosh, I'd be so thrilled. Well, if somebody ever writes a book about me, I, I want, you know, one of them. Uh, who's the guy that did Lion King? Uh, who, uh, oh, what's his James name? Earl Jones? Yeah. I want him to be my voiceover. I think we sound a lot alike. 
Okay, maybe not, but you know. I hey, want Samuel so. L. Jackson with all the F-bombs. Yeah, yeah. I oh, yeah. <laughs> might, might be like Eddie Murphy or, you know, somebody like that. Some people just got a voice that you just can't stop listening to. Right. So it pulls you in. Right, right. Uh, but please send me the link that after we're done. Send it Absolutely, to the, my to, pleasure. To, to the email. I really appreciate you. And when your new book comes on, uh, uh, comes out. Also, I, I would like for you to come back on and maybe do a session about the 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 women and and the sure. p- w- w- and PTSD because I think that's the subject that's not touched on e- enough. I, I do. I really do. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. I, I I would love for you when you come out with that book. I want you to send me a message and say, Kevin, I'm going to come back on. And I want to touch base uh, primarily because we could learn us guys. And there's a lot of guys that need to freaking learn. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know, them every day. I, I, yeah. Look at her. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I just like the way she does it. Yeah. I know. It's, it's co-written with Katie Salidas, yeah. um, who is an amazing author in her own right. And uh, what we did with Acknowledge and Heal is we have a lot of, of vignettes that are from, from women of all different walks of life who anonymously donated their stories to illuminate a lot of the things that we talk about, um, that we don't talk about within the Soldier's Guide. Um, so we are talking about things like gaslighting and spousal rape and... Um, yeah, institutional betrayal. We do, you know, talk about that also, and things that are much more women focused. Um, most importantly, it doesn't have all the f bombs, and and probably, you know, it's definitely yeah. for a kinder, gentler audience. Yes. But but one thing about it here is, I, I know there's a lot of spouses and everybody that listens to this program. I, mm-hmm. I think it would be a good thing for the program is to come back on, Love that. especially. Coming up with like military, you know, wives. I mean, there's there's husbands out there that, you know, their spouses are military and and everything that could relate to to it. But I do please let 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 me know. Absolutely, and you know, and I thank you so much. And I'll I'll make sure that I get you all of our links. You know, I invite your listeners to join us on our Facebook page. Uh, the Soldier's Guide. We're on Instagram and we're on the TikTok. Feeling yeah. very hip and young with the TikTok, thanks to amazing Barbie McRae, uh, who, yes. who does all of our social media. She's phenomenal. She's just a phenomenal human being and and writer and and and. Um, so and and I'd invite your folks to come and follow us, uh, thesoldiersblog.com. And to check out our book, you know, and again, it's the, it's the soldier's guide to PTSD, how to know shit, reclaim your life. We also have the soldier's workbook, which is great for your C and P exams. And then we've got, you can uh, pre-order your copy of Acknowledge and Heal coming out on August 26th with Katie Salidas. That's awesome. That is so awesome. And you know, solid stay- information, Virginia. We solid. We so much appreciate you coming on. You, I don't know about Kevin. Um, my my eyes are wide I've open. On learned that. a lot. Yes, yes, and I definitely, you know, I hope you keep listening to the program and keep up with us. 
and, and let us know how you're doing. But I'm going to, hey, Virginia, thank you. John, thank you too. And to all the listeners, thank you all for listening. I appreciate thank you so it. much, team. Y'all, please go to my website at goal4sideeffects.wordpress.com or email me at kevinsimon at goal4sideeffects.com.